thing you gave me was time. You didn't really know me. We were from the same neighborhood and area, but I was with a group of guys that wanted to go to college, wanted to play ball. And you actually gave us that reality that, hey, this could actually happen because we saw somebody that was like us and that we wanted to become. Recruiting is about relationships. It's built on trust. It's built on doing the right things. And it's built on your head coaches and your athletic director, their vision. And I think we have two great leaders, both of those positions. So it makes it easy for me to go out and, and do what I do. Be aggressive. Let's win. Here we go. We've had the opportunity to have conference commissioners, ADs, head coaches, and, and all of those people, right, from different walks of life, but, but still from leadership uh, elements, we've had opportunity to learn. And so for me, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on, one of the top search executive search, search firm people in the country. Uh, and, and a guy who is well-respected across all athletics levels. Well, when I start to research and find out more about who you were, I see that you were a former quarterback. I was. I was a, yeah. a high school and college quarterback. Yeah. And then I coached for 10 years as an yeah. assistant coach at Tennessee and at Youngstown State and Vanderbilt. And then I got out of coaching, made the switch, Van and became an associate uh, athletic director for 10 years, and then a director of athletics for 20 years, uh, five at Villanova and 15 at Boston College. So I've seen a lot in the last 40 some years. And uh, the thing about college athletics, it's always exciting and it's always changing and it continues to change. And, and so this discussion today is, is some of about what you do today, Right. As you as you as you hunt leaders, you're a leadership, you're a leader hunter. Right. right. As you search for leaders. But then also I want to discover we want to discover who you are as a leader, because you've been in those roles. You've you've been the athletic director that some of these administrators, these young administrators want to be. You've been a coach. And so I think you you have a very unique perspective on it all. And you've kind of shared just a little bit about, you know, that path, that journey you've had. But what would I would ask you as you hunt, as you search for leaders, what are three characteristics or character traits that that you that you know a guy or a young lady has to have to, to be in the roles of leadership that you end up searching for every day? Well, there's a lot of things that, that we're looking for, but I think the consistent things that we're looking for, Van, number one is integrity, because without integrity as a leader, you have nothing. And if you can't, if you can't trust uh, the leader to make the right decisions, both, you know, and moral decisions, and lead the, the company or the athletic department that way, then you're asking for trouble. Number two, I think you have to be a really good communicator. We have so many coaches and so many administrators today. Um, and 
whether you're a head football coach or an assistant football coach or an athletic director, you've got to be able to communicate. And I tell, I used to tell our people all the time, if you're going to err, err on the side of over communicating right. rather than under communicating. Right. Because people want to know what's going on. And if they know what's going on, they'll feel a lot better about it and they'll be able to go out and work. And then I want someone who is a really, really, really hard worker. Um, and, you know, I've often said that athletics is not brain surgery. It is not putting a man or a woman on the moon. That's not what it is. But if you have, if you're a great person and you have a great work ethic and you can communicate I can teach you the things about athletics that you need to know. And if you're fairly smart, you'll be able to pick them up in a short period of time and you'll be effective. But those three things are really, really important because as you know, Van, when you're in coaching or you're in being a director of athletics, it's not a job, it's a way of life. Right. Your family buys in, you buy in, um, it's a way of life. Um, and, and like you, now, we went to 12 consecutive bowl games at, at Boston College. We were never home for Christmas. And we were really home for Thanksgiving between away football games and basketball tournaments and whatever. So when people say, you know, um, you know, what do you do in the summer or whatever? Uh, it's a job we work year round. You know, right. holiday. Yeah. There are no holidays in football. Right. right. Yeah. And I. I go back to one of the things you started with and, you know, here in, in my role at Kansas state as the assistant head coach, I, that's another learning opportunity that I, wow. You know, I never knew as an assistant coach, the things that a head coach has to deal with the things that no one else in the building knows about. Right. But, but the head coach has to deal with it. And, and you, you've said this to me before that the head coach is, it, he manages people, he manages conflict. And so I've, I've had the opportunity with coach Kleiman here to, to really dive in and, and, and watch him work because I've seen with, and we'll talk about it here in a second, but with COVID and the protocols that come along with that and how you have to deal with your team and, and young players wanting to opt out or transfer, you know, so it's, it's more about, or excuse me, it's less about the X's and O's and more about being able to, like you said, being able to communicate, being able to manage conflict, being able to show your, or uh, to build your culture and to be able to regurgitate that on a daily basis is what I've really been able to see. And like he said to me, you know, I never get to deal with football, you know, that's right. And, and, and that's that position. Uh, and even from an athletic director's role, it's not about the schemes. It's not about the, the um, X's and O's. It's more about the people and how you deal with them and get them to, to do those things. So you know, man, it's often, it, it, it's funny you say that because you bring back memories. Uh, I retired from Boston college nine years ago. Um, but we used to meet at the end of the day, my four top uh, associates and I, and I'd say, what did you do today? How did it go? And they 
give me a quick report. And they'd say, what did you do? Just sit on your fanny all day. (laughs) I couldn't tell them what I did. I couldn't tell them that one, somebody has a family problem. One of our coaches, uh, I couldn't tell them that one of somebody dressed, uh, tested positive for a a drug. I couldn't tell them that, uh, you know, a student athlete had gotten in problems with here or there. And they say to me, yeah, that's all you did. You just sat around. You yeah. can't tell us anything. I'd say, yeah. you're right, I can't. Yes. And, <laughs> so you and, pick that up. That's a heck of an advantage for you, Dan. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's really been amazing because, you know, when I rewind and I go back to my younger days as a coach and I coached the cornerbacks, well, the only thing I saw was how it affected the cornerbacks. And then when I coached the safeties, the only thing that I saw was how this decision affected the safeties. And, and so that's what every assistant coach, he has his little chickens that he has to deal with. But as a head coach, not only, and so I have the opportunity, Coach Kleiman gives me the opportunity to um, be the liaison between our support personnel, all of everything from the strength and conditioning to the training room, to recruiting, all those different areas. So the head coach has to be involved with that as well and as an assistant coach who's coaching the running backs you never you never worry about those things you never worry about academics yes you do worry about academics as it relates to your players but not the overall team gpa not the overall situation in the training with your players you don't think about how each little guy who shows up late for something how that affects your whole program you know uh, and so it, it's, it's been a wonderful opportunity. And so I, I, I really thank Coach Kleiman for, for giving me the opportunity. But this leads to my next question. In, in this age we're living in with, with the social justice initiatives out there, and, you know, when you look at the numbers of coaches or the few numbers of coaches, I know you do a great deal, but how would, how would you look at your industry, your your position and say how can you help be able to increase you know when you talk about searches be able to increase yes they have to be specific when it comes to university xyz we want this kind of coach but how do you make that search be very specific but also be diverse at the same time well it's something that we work on all year um you know, many of the agents have me speaking with um, their some of their head coaches, but mostly assistant coaches. And we talk for a half hour on the phone. And uh, we talk about leadership. We talk about them getting ready. We talk about um, what they might be doing extra. Um, so I try to get to know as many people as I can. Um, secondly, when we take a search, we ask the athletic director and the president, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Who, what kind of a coach here would be a fit? Because everybody's not a fit at every school. Right. And, you know, it, it's just not. Mm-hmm. So you've got to figure out who's a fit at that school and what that athletic director and that president are looking for. And it starts all year. Uh, I can't tell you in the spring, I probably talked to as many as 10 and 12 assistant coaches in a week. Mm -hmm. Um, Some weeks it's more, some weeks maybe it's a little bit less, but 
um, always trying to find out about people. And uh, I'm always trying to find out coaches of color that may not get opportunities. Right. And here's what happened. Um, I called David Shaw, who I love. I think he's a tremendous, tremendous man and coach. And he will always call me back that day. Now, it might be um, 10 o'clock my time, 7 o'clock his time, but he'll always call me back. Right. So I said to him, I said, Coach, we're getting near, this was several years ago. I said, Coach, we're getting near the football season. I want to know some coaches of color that are really, really good. And I don't want names. I want somebody that you would hire. If they're good enough for David Shaw, they're good enough for any other school. So he says to me, I'll get back to you. And I said, fine. He calls me back. He said, there's a guy named Jerry Mack. He said, Jerry Mack is, co is head coach at, I think it was North Carolina A&T or North right. Carolina something. And so um, I reach out. I talk to Jerry Mack and we become friends. And uh, my son, John, who was the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns at the time, had Jerry in as one of those Bill Walsh interns. He got mm -hmm. to know Jerry, loved mm -hmm. Jerry. So we assisted um, with the head coaching job at um, Rice University. And when Rice was looking for a, an offensive coordinator, I said to them, well, I'm going to tell you, David Shaw thinks Jerry Mack is absolutely fabulous. Well, they interviewed Jerry Mack. Jerry gets the job. He's now coaching the running backs at Tennessee. So we try to find as many people as we can uh, in the, you know, before in the off areas, in the, right, in the right. off seasons, so yes. that we're not just beginning right. to do a search in football season. I mean, right. you and I have visited on many different occasions. You yes. stay in touch with me. I stay in touch with you. Um, and so, yes, it's our job as people in search firms to get to know you and all of you. But it's also your job to get to know us. Right. Everybody has my email. Everybody has my cell phone. They can call me all the time. Some do. Some just call once and I don't hear from them again. Right. But that's up to them. Yes. So I always tell them, you not only have to be a great product, but you got to make friends and not just I, I don't like the word networking. I, I just have never liked that. I want to become friends with people so that I know you well enough now, Van, that I could recommend you to anybody. But just because I meet somebody at a convention, I'm not going to re recommend that this particular school or that particular school, hire them or even, you know, interview them. Right. So it, it, it goes both ways. I have to do a really good job, but on the other hand, you have to do a really good job too. And I, and I think you, you made a lot of points again, cause that's what you do, Gene. Um, but you go back to our, our interaction and I call it interaction before we became friends because you said to me, now, Van, it, it, listen, just what you're saying now, I really want to get to know you. And the way you're going to get to know you, come up and see me, you know, come and visit with me. And and I took that to heart. Now, I haven't been to visit you, but I do stay in touch. I think that is very important because 
on, on for coaches, I'm not going to recommend the person that I don't know, because right. when I leave, then it's all about who you are that stands there. Where if I don't know who you are, then I, I, I don't feel comfortable. Well, people always say this. They say it's not what you know, it's who you know. I believe it's another step. I believe it's who knows you because the person who knows you is the person with the access and the person who knows you, he's buddies with the athletic director. If it's a head coach, he, he has a relationship and it's about relationships. So he has a relationships with the people that you think you want to know. And so I always talk to young coaches and say, listen, rather than you chase behind big time coach ABC, why don't you come to the convention to create relationships, you know, create relationships. And at the end of the day, that'll pay off for you, right? Because yes, relationships will, will get you the signals from an opponent. <laughs> relationships will get you uh, maybe a transfer kid that you wouldn't have got. Relationships, they'll help you far more than what you said earlier, networking, that surface level stuff that sometimes we think we need to do. But uh, I, I totally agree. And, and I appreciate who you are in that way because it encourages a young coach who may be intimidated with it all. It encourages that coach to establish relationships. Our strength coach here, Coach Tremaine Carroll, he always says real relationships, you know, because you want to make sure that a person, when a young coach calls me, and it's only the one time, like you said, man, that's not real to me, you know? So, so I give him, I give him that surface level help or that surface level answer, because that's what he gave me. But um, when, when you are establishing friendships and relationships, uh, it goes really beyond someone helping you to get a job or someone recommending you. Uh, it, it goes, like I said, it goes to the core because I feel like you and I can talk and I learn something all the time. And I, and I want to give you just as much as you are giving me. And when you go into it in that way, I think it ends up, you know, being beneficial for both parties. Hey, um, before, I don't know how much time we have, Van, but um, in some of the questions you sent me, um, you said, who are some of my mentors? That was your, that was my next question. And what did I learn from them? Right. That was my well, next question. I had, I was really fortunate that I, I had some great mentors and the people that I didn't know as well, like coach Lombardi. Um, I talked to Bart Starr. I talked to Bill Curry. I talked to Jerry Kramer. I talked to um, Willie Davis. I talked to all of those people about Coach Lombardi and to find out as much as, as I could because I really loved and respected what he did. Was he perfect? No, none of us are perfect, but he was one good person and one good coach. And so one thing that Coach Lombardi always told his teams every single day was there's th the three most important things in your life should be your God, your family, and your close friends, and then the Green Bay Packers. And everything else should come after that. And if you live your life according to those rules or those, um, you know, whatever they are, beliefs, 
more times than not, you'll make the right decision. A lot of times, you know, we can take a head coaching job, but it may not be right for our family. Well, then, you know, you don't take it. Um, So your God, your family and your close friends, and then the Green Bay Packers. And Coach Lombardi always said this. He had a saying that I put outside all the locker rooms at Boston College. It said, what you say here, what you hear, what you see here, what you hear here, let it stay here when you leave here, that the locker room has to be a sacred place for the players and the coaches. And what goes on there should stay there. Exactly. Well, that's one thing. From Coach Bear Bryant, I learned um, that you can do anything that you want to do if you want to work hard enough for it. And Coach came from absolute poor family in Arkansas and, you know, made a life for himself and became the coach, uh, you know, the greatest coach ever uh, in, in college football. And he did it by working hard and believing that he could do it. And, you know, Coach, Coach Ryan, I always talked about a couple of things. He used to say, if you work hard, right, and you do things with class, you know what, the winning will take care of itself. And so one day, uh, Coach Brown was out speaking, and he said, well, are there any questions? And the gentleman in the back raised his hand. He said, you know, Coach, you're always talking about class. You're talking, you say win with class and lose with class. Can you define it? And Coach thought for a minute. He said, no, he said, I can't define it, but I can certainly recognize it. Hmm. Well, that's what we want to have in our programs. We want to have that recognizable class, right? Hard work and recognizable class and playing as a team and the winning will take care of itself. Three, three gentlemen that worked very, very closely with one was CM Newton, Charles Martin Newton. Um, he won 509 basketball games. He was a coach at Vanderbilt and at Alabama. He won three championships, three SEC championships at Alabama. CM was the first basketball coach to recruit um, student athletes of color. Um, and from him, I learned that you how to deal with people. CM would remember names. He, he knew everybody. Uh, and he was such a good communicator that he would involve a lot of us in decisions. And we were allowed to say our piece. Now, it may not, he may have not made the final decision that we would have preferred. Right. But you felt good about it and you would buy in because he gave you an opportunity to talk. So from him, I learned uh, dealing with people and over-communicating and involving people. I worked for Roy Kramer, who was the director of athletics at Vanderbilt and also the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. And from Roy, I learned a work ethic and I learned a toughness. He always tried to be the first one in in the morning and the last one to leave. And I used to beat him in. He had a space that was marked there. And I would try to beat him in in the morning. I'd take the first base because his was the second. 
And uh, so, you know, after a while, you'd say, who the heck's tired of that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I learned from him a work ethic, and I also learned from him a toughness. Uh, you make a decision based on the facts that you have, and you are, you know, you make that decision, you don't hesitate, you make it, and you don't care what the media or what the fans or what the alums say, because you know what, it's the right decision based on the facts that you have. And so that was really good. And then I worked close with Gene Corrigan. Gene became kind of like my father in, in athletics in a lot of ways. And from Gene, I learned a lot of things, but I learned to take my job seriously, but don't take myself very seriously. Mm. Remember, it's still athletics. You're going to mess up. Uh, you're going to make some mistakes. You have to be able to laugh at yourself a little bit. Um, take your job seriously, but don't take yourself real seriously. Right. So those are some of the leaders that I had read about, um, studied, and, and really tried to not be them personality-wise, because I right. couldn't do that, but to take some of their thoughts and use them in my personality. Right. Well, you, you, you talked about getting into that office earlier. I had a funny story. Uh, I had an opportunity to work with Joe Kynes. And Joe Kynes was a longtime SEC coach, coach at Alabama, coach at Arkansas, and um, coach at other places in SEC. And so Joe and I worked together at Texas A&M. So when Joe came into the office, I always took great pride in being the first one at the office. And, and um, so Joe comes in, he takes the job. I get there one day. I think we might have met at eight. So I'm there at six. Like I am, I'm, I'm happy that I'm, you know, I'm beating everyone to the office. But on this day, Joe's in the office already. Mm. So, I, so I go in, I'm, I pass his office. He's already in the office. I speak to him. I don't say one word about being very upset that this guy's beat me into the office. I go to my office and I think to myself, okay, I got to get here at 545 tomorrow. So next day I get there at 545, Joe's already there. Man, all right. That means I got to get here at five thirty. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm I'm gonna do it. I'll get here at five thirty next day. Five thirty. Joe's already here. I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna do this. I get here at five a.m. the next morning. I get to the office at five a.m. Joe's already there. I can't handle it anymore. I go to <laughs> Joe. I said, Hey, Joe. Uh, just in passing, I'm having this conversation. Hey, Joe. What, what, what time do you get here in the office every morning? <laughs> he said, uh, I wake up at about 3.45 and come on over. I said, all right. <laughs> Joe would have beat me every morning. I said, all right, <laughs> Joe, talk to you later. And in my head, I said, okay, Joe won that one. <laughs> I'll be the second guy into the office. <laughs> but um, final question, and I'm going to let you get back to your world, is if you could talk to the younger Gene and give him advice, what would you tell that young chap? Okay, I tell him a lot because he was really dumber than he thought he was. <laughs> uh, first of all, I would tell him, 
to have more faith in himself and in God. Um, I was so determined and so driven to get and move up in my profession that I didn't enjoy as much as I could have some of the years that I spent coaching. And so the first thing I would tell young people is have more faith in yourself and in God. Believe that you're going to do it and then enjoy the process as much as you can. And don't forget that a warrior loves the process right. as much as he loves, uh, you know, the victory. <laughs> that's a real warrior. So that's one thing I would say. Another thing that I would say is this. Um, when you're coming up, you have to be a great product. And you got to work day after day after day after day to be as good as you can possibly be. Because without being a good product, there's nothing, there, there, there's no, no advancement for you. Once you become a good product and you're getting better and better and better each year, make as many friends as you possibly can. Because um, those, when you have a lot of friends, it gives you an opportunity to be able to help them. And when you have a need, they can help you. And so when you, when you make friends and not acquaintances, they'll tell you the truth on a certain coach. They'll tell you the truth about what an administrator is like to work with. They will be candid with you because they know you and they trust you. And then the third thing that I would say is, is this, um, control your calendar as best that you can so that you don't get off track with your, your God, your family and your close friends um, to where you get so far off track that it's not good. Yeah. So what I would say is control your calendar. I, the first thing I used to do when my, when my kids were playing, Christine was a basketball player at Villanova. John played football uh, in high school and, and at uh, James Madison. You know, I missed one of John's high school games and it still bothers me. Mm. Um, you know, I missed very few of Christine's basketball games in high school um, because I got control of my calendar. I could get my work done, but I just had to maneuver it and figure it out. So if you don't control your calendar, your calendar will control you and you won't be able to, to spend and, and to share in some of those family activities that you really should be taking time to, uh, to share in. That's exactly true. I, I know quite a few coaches who, uh, whose calendars definitely control them. Uh, speaking on um, Joe Kynes, he, he talked about the fact that your family, he always said this as we work together, he always said that your family is not a pillow. You know, you can't just grab them when you want to grab them and then throw them away when, when you got to go to work or whatever uh, because of the fact that you're always going to be father 
you're always going to be husband and your university logo may change, but it'll never change with your family. And so I, I always took that to heart. I, I don't take work home. I take it home in my head, but I don't go home and work because of the fact that, you know, you have to give them their time, like you said. Well, Gene, I, I really appreciate you. I, I appreciate you not for this day, but I appreciate you for who you are, for who you've been over the years, for the number of people you've, you've helped. And, and I consider myself one of those people. And uh, I really, like I said, I really appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you. And our friendship means a lot to me. It really does. And I encourage all those young coaches out there. Um, if you want my, my telephone number, Van's got it. If you, want my, <laughs> if you want my email address, Van's got it. You can call me any, most any time. I go to bed a little bit earlier now than I used to. But call. Um, I love getting to know um, young coaches, head coaches. It's, it's, it's fun. It's what I do for a living, and, and I enjoy it. So thank you, Van. Well, I know you golf all over the world, and uh, you, you're going to have to teach me. You're going to have to give me some golf lessons. Uh, <laughs> I'm the wrong guy to give you lessons, but I have golfed all over the world. Yeah, listen, I know they don't, they don't just let anybody golf in some of the places you've golfed. Right. So you can't, now, myself, I'm, I may hit a car or two. So, you know, I have that on my record. So they may not they may not allow me to be able to swing the clubs. But I, I like I said, I have in my research, I have learned that you like to golf. I do. And, uh, I yeah. love to play golf. And I've been to Ireland four times to play um, with my son, John. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I have a son that loves football and he's coaching the quarterbacks for the Chicago Bears. And he loves to golf. So we've been to Ireland three or four times and we've been to Scotland. This will be our third. Well, it was supposed to be our third time to Scotland uh, this year. And uh, of course, COVID took that away from us, but we'll get back there next year. We'll play five different courses. We'll have a good time. Right, right. Well, Gene, I appreciate you and uh, we'll stay in touch and I'll pass your number around. Okay, man. Uh, thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate you.